Welcome to the Level Up Lifestyle Podcast from Globe Life Liberty National, where your story meets your success for the lifestyle you've always wanted. We're so glad you're here. We've invited our top performers to share their story and journey to success. So let's check out today's conversation. Mike sits down with Regional Agency Director Corey Halsey. We get to hear Corey's entire journey as a football player, from joining and then getting cut from the Buffalo Bills. So I get the phone call the next day, your life's over, you're cut. To finding himself stuck in a truck driving job. I'm like, why do I even want to go back and play football now? I'm making 1600 bucks a week driving this truck. I'm home every night. And to crafting a mindset that would transform his life on and off the field. Coach looks at me and he said, here's your opportunity. Never played it before. I feel like I'm a two-year-old again. Then I start eight games. All of this coming up next on The Level Up Lifestyle. All right. Well, welcome everyone to the Level Up Lifestyle podcast. I'm your host, Mike Sheets, coming to you from the Globe Life Studios in McKinney, Texas. And with me here today, I have a very special guest. He is a seven-year NFL veteran, four-year starter for the Oakland Raiders, the Buffalo Bills, and the Detroit Lions, Mr. Corey Holsey. Welcome, Corey. Thank you, Mike. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. It's good to have you here. In addition to your uh, professional resume, Corey, you're also uh, you're pretty good in the insurance business as well, right? You've uh, you've you've worked your way through the ranks, and you're a top agent at Globe Life. Um, you've written over a million dollars in production in a year, which is a huge accomplishment uh, for the people listening that aren't quite sure. That is uh, pretty much elite of the elite, right? To be able to do that, and uh, you've already blown past that. This year, you know, I think we're on pace for an even better year. Yeah, sure. So uh, it, it's just exciting to kind of see, you know, you've, you've made this transition from the NFL to the insurance business to being a top performer here. And uh, just want to kind of unpack that a little bit and, and talk about how you got from there to here and everything in between. So, uh, you know, let's just start from the beginning. Where, where are you from? Where were you uh, born and raised? Born and raised in Lula, Georgia. It's... Uh little dot on the map above Gainesville, Georgia. So we're about an hour and a half northeast of Atlanta. Okay. I've lived there all my life. Now we all, we live on the family farm. And um, so sort of just set up our homestead there. So getting to raise, you know, Corey and I, right, getting to raise Shirley there, that's very special to me. Yeah, kind of um, same area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's like right across the road from where I grew up. So this whole stomping ground, Shirley's getting to experience like I did as a child. That's cool. Um, but went to North Hall High School. Uh, graduated there and then went into Clemson, went to Clemson, then on into, into the NFL. But we. Uh, so when you're, when you're in high school, when did you kind of realize that, hey, there there might be something here from like a athletic standpoint? Did you I'm sure you were probably taller and bigger than most of your classmates. Right. When did you was there ever a time where you're like, hey, I think I could do this in college and then maybe go to the pros or, you know, what was that? kind of mindset like for you at that time my, my freshman year in high school or the, the summer of my going into my sophomore year i started getting letters okay so georgia notre dame so you were a starter all four years in high school yeah then? my high yeah. school was very small we had we were 33 deep okay 33 total and so we we played both ways you know off i, I never i came off i always tell everybody the only time i came off the field was for punt and punt return wow kick i mean i was even on kickoff so um, we had 33 guys my whole – and my senior year, I think we had maybe 50. So that was – it was 
But when my soft, my junior, so I started getting letters going into my sophomore year from colleges, and and I'm like, and and it still didn't dawn on me at this time that I would watch college football, but I was more into hunting and fishing on the weekends, Mm -hmm. making money, so we'd go out and do things. But Coach Lofton, who was our coach, sophomore uh, freshman, sophomore, junior year, he retired, and then Coach Golden came in. Well, some guys on his coaching staff had played at Georgia. And so more letters, then I started doing visits. You know, I'd mm-hmm. taken a visit to Georgia, I'd watched the spring game. And was it exciting? Yeah. Were you thinking, man, this would be really cool to do this? Or was it just, I don't know if I could do that? Or what were you thinking when you would go? Well, it was, it, well it was overwhelming. You, you know, yeah. you're seeing these, you know, the, you're seeing these guys that are finely tuned athletes standing there and you're like, man, am, am I really ready for this? And you're in a small town, Georgia, where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah, right? small town, you know. AAA high school, you know, going to a five star college, you know, vision like Georgia at the but time. It was 11 man football, though, right? Yeah. It was 11 man, yeah. yes. And, and so Coach Thompson, who was my, who was my line coach my senior year, my defensive line coach, he says, when we started getting into region, we changed region. So we went from triple A to quad A. He said, okay, big boy. He said, you're about to see if you're, if you're college material, this is really going to find if you're ready for the next level. And, you know, during those games, had had great games. Of course, you know, our senior year, we finished six and four, but, um, it was at that moment. And then I signed with Clemson that year. And, but it was just, that was your junior year, where you, you declared no, your senior my year. senior year. Senior year. It was se- February of nineteen ninety five was when I when I signed the letter of intent with Clemson. So I'm sure there's a lot of Georgia fans that want to know why'd you pick Clemson over Georgia, especially you grew up in Georgia. If I if I'm hitting a a, a bad spot, let no, me know. <laughs> no, it was there were some coaches at Georgia that when I visited there that I saw I was like if I have to play, I will I'll, I'll I will not go any further if if I can't were to come to Georgia. I like Georgia. I yeah. like Coach Goff, but he had some coaches under him that that I did not want to play for. Wow. And and then was that the coaching style or philosophy or just you didn't felt like you fit with what they were it doing? It was the coaching style. Okay. And it was grabbing the face mask, jumping up and down, yeah. hooping and hollering and then and then coach and then coach West and coach Latina who was my line coach at Clemson, they come in and prayed about it and felt good. And I, I was getting, I'll never forget, I was getting ready to get on a plane to go to Michigan the next day. To go to, to go, Ann Arbor to, and to, to check, go to out Arbor, ch- yeah. check out To go to Ann Arbor, check out University of Michigan. And and I called him and canceled it and said, I signed, I'm signing with Clemson. So after, you know, I had a great, great visit with Coach Latina, Coach West, and that wasn't the first time we'd met. But right. um, knowing he was a local guy, that made me feel good, comfortable, the whole family, we prayed about it, and it was, just, and it just hit me the next morning that Clemson was the place that I wanted to be, and hit the ground running. There you go. After that, so so you make this transition, and and now you're you're at Clemson. Are you starting your freshman year, or what was what was that transition into college football like? Coming out of a small high school, it was overwhelming. I didn't think I'd made the right decision. Just from the team perspective? Just the, from the or just level, the just the level that they were. You had like we were a run it run the ball team. Okay. I'd never taken in high a, school? In high school. Okay. All we did was run the ball. We didn't throw the ball hardly at all. And then you go to a team to where we're doing one on ones and and I look like a 
I don't know what you call it, but I was stumbling, bumbling, and you know that you've heard that Chris Berman say that in football. But I was all over the place. I'd never taken a pass set in my life, and mm-hmm. so that for my first year, I was doing that on the side. You know, getting better at Just taking learning a pass how to set, pass learning how to pass protect. Because yeah. I'd always play tackle. Well, then they moved me to guard. So I started right left side, side or right side, right left side. Okay. So my freshman year, I didn't red shirt. You know, was on the right, and then and I started one game. The right tackle went down. Started at, at uh, right tackle, and then that fall or then that spring, they moved me to let they moved me inside the left guard, and so that's where I finished out. What was the college experience like um, being a a starter or being on the football team at a at a major university? coming from a small town i'm sure that also probably added to the maybe that overwhelming feeling or yeah you know. well it was you know you, you when you go from from a 33 deep football team to over 100 stand on the sidelines i mean it, it was uh, it was you felt good about it knowing you're from a, a, a small hometown and nobody at my high school at, the, at that time had ever gotten a scholarship Wow. In football. Yeah. Now, Jody Davis went to my high school. He was oh, a famous really? baseball player. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in football, I was the only one. There was only one other one. You may know this name, Moon Pie Wilson. He mm-hmm. was from Hall County. Okay. And he played for the Bengals, the Seahawks. He even retired from there. But so knowing I had those guys, or Moon Pie, you know, I didn't play Jody. I played baseball. Luke. But going to being a starter at a Division One college, a major university, yeah, it makes you feel good. Yeah, to going on from the little hometown you're from. So it it, it really maybe you're even thinking like there's got to be a ton of work that you put in in high school or before high school just to get to that point, right? And mm-hmm. so was it this is kind of where you think it's going to go, or when did when did you start thinking that this could like I might be able to go to the NFL? What what were what was that like when you had those thoughts? That was um, that was at the end of my sophomore year, going into my junior year. That's when you're able to have start a- having agents talk to you. Okay, and and after games, you would have this. There's a certain area you would go to, and there would be agents sitting. There would be agents in really? there, so you would have the chaperone from the team say, "Hey, so and so's here to talk to you. You know, they'd like to, you know, talk to you and discuss about you know your future with in, in the NFL and things like that." Um, and and then whenever. So at the end of my junior year, they always they always come out and tell you, if, you know, what you're projected to go, and okay. then and then there's a report I can't remember it now because that's been many moons ago, but I was project so they fire Coach West, and they bring Tommy Bowden in. Why'd they fire him? Was it the team wasn't doing well at that time, or just the philosophy change? Or? I think I just think it, we we had a three and eight season, and, oh. I, and that's just you know at a major college that's something yeah. that they don't accept that. But I mean, we had first year was I think nine and five, and you know two Gator Bowl and two Peach Bowls, and then you have one bad year and you're done. Yeah, so that's just the way it is. I mean, it's just life. It's cutthroat, um, and so that happens. And so I'm like, well, I, I don't want to knowing what. Tulane style of offense was it was 250, 260 pound offensive lineman, maybe 290. And our average starting offensive line one that I played with at Clemson was 320. Wow. So you're going from a, a man's a zone scheme to what we were a man zone or more of a power scheme mm-hmm. to that. And I'm like, ah, well, if I'm projected third round to go to the NFL, I mean, and you have to change go the whole on. way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, so if I can make this transition and do it, let's go. So I left there. I left. 
projected, and then I go start training in Atlanta with Chip Smith for the combine. Go to the combine, everything's going good. Then we have our pro days, and um, I may be getting too far ahead no. of the game. But no. then, so then the draft comes first weekend in April, and it's different than it is now. You know, it was two days. It was Saturday and Sunday. You do the whole thing, and that's it. The whole so. thing. Family's there, projected to go third round. And they have the TV, like, live look-in at yeah. the house and all that and yeah. everything? No, no no cell phones at this time. Sure. It was only house phones. No, you had pagers and stuff. But so Nobody can be online during the draft on the weekend. No. Right? We need that phone line clear. <laughs> <laughs> nobody making phone calls because we didn't even have call waiting at that time. Sure, This yeah. is back in the day. I'm telling my age here, but... So sat there for two days, nothing, seeing all these guys go, first round, second round. I knew I wasn't going first or second round. Third round gets around, you're getting in, you're getting that. Were you, you know, did you know? You're thinking like, hey, some of these teams need uh, a left guard, you know, or they need an offensive lineman. I maybe, maybe, you know, the Rams will pick me up or the Bears or like, are you kind of thinking that as mm-hmm. and then Yeah, because this whole time you've got Mel Kiper, Chris Berman, all those guys saying, Okay, well the the Eagles are coming up, they're looking at left guard. Well, yeah, here's the and you're on that list. And I'm on the list. Yeah. And nothing. Crickets. So, so what how did that feel? That coming into the draft, what were you feeling? Were you excited? Were you nervous? Did you think there was a chance you wouldn't get drafted? Or were you sure that, you know, probably third, maybe fourth round? What what are you feeling at the start, Saturday morning? Uh Saturday morning, I'm feeling like, okay, nothing's gonna happen today. I don't even know why I'm gonna watch okay. today, but we will. Yeah. Because it was it was first round, second round. On the first day, okay, and then it was the rest of the day. Then, it was but the you rest knew something was going to happen Sunday. Then, it, yeah, it, yeah, hope, yeah, yeah. You're, I'm sitting there hoping, you know. So you you don't sleep all night Saturday night. You get up. You're like, okay, it's starting. And then as the time clicks by, you know, twelve hours goes by and your name's not called. So you can just feel the air being let out of you. Sure. So you've got everybody around. You've got family, friends around you, and you're in there. And a little cheese tray and some balloons. Oh and, yeah, you know and, the whole thing. And it never happened. And so then you're then I'm like. I'm deflated. I'm like, okay, so what am I going to do now? Well, how does that when when you're watching the the draft on TV, and I don't know if your agent is calling you saying, "Hey, keep an eye out for Philadelphia or keep an eye out for Chicago," right? And then you're seeing them talking about it, and you're on that list, and then they walk up to the podium, and you're, I mean, I, you're thinking, okay, maybe this is it, and then they call a cornerback from. Arizona State or something like that. Now, how, well, how, did, how did that feel? Like well, my those... agent was with me. Oh, so okay. he was there. Gotcha. You know, and it was one. So that made me feel a little bit better at the time. Sure. You know, the agent was there, and but he's like, "Okay, it's gonna happen. It's gonna yeah. happen." Well, then it didn't happen, and so we get to the the last the uh, uh, Mister Irrelevant gets picked. Yeah, the guy that goes to Dow- uh, goes to Disney World every year, right. and then so I'm sitting there, all the air let out of me. And not, you know, just everything's going on in the room, and and I'm like, you know, okay, what just happened? I'm done, you know, because yeah. I didn't know anything about free agency at this point. It's draft or that's draft it. or nothing, or draft or go home. And did, did your agent have like 32 hats in the trunk of his car or something, so that <laughs> you put on the team hat yeah. and then you take the picture? Yes, he did. Really? Yes, wow. but that, that never happened. Right. Uh, so the phone, it, you know, you go from crickets to the phone starts ringing. Okay. Well, the first thing that calls is Buffalo. Hey, we want to sign you rookie contract, you know, as an undrafted free agent. And I'm like, um, no, nah, not really interested in that. I don't want to go to Buffalo, New York. So I had my agent, work, he's work. in the bathroom at this time. <laughs> and I, he comes out and he's like, who was that? Who was that? What just happened? 
you don't tell them no. Yeah. You take the first call you get. You know, it's like if it's Denver, Baltimore, whoever, you yes, I'll yes, sir, I'll be there. Here's my here's where I fly out of. We're Is there. Is that because you don't know if there'll be a second call or that's right. Or okay. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know if it's gonna be if you're gonna get a second call or not. So then we call them back. Sorry, rookie mistake, you know, didn't know that was what was supposed to happen. Yeah. Sign with them. Well, then the phone calls, and it's Carolina calls, and then Atlanta calls after that and says, sorry, we already signed with Buffalo. You look at your agent saying, I would have rather been at Carolina or, yeah. or Atlanta, right? You know. Yeah. In the a little less yeah. snowy. <laughs> yeah. A little less far from home yeah. and, you know, not as expensive in Carolina as it's going to be in New York. But so a little bit of air starts coming back into you. So we go to it comes sign the sign go to the first mini camp, everything's going good and it's just like I go from high school to college. I'm feeling the same way when I go from college to the pros. Just I felt like overwhelmed. Felt like I'd never played a snap of football in my life. Wow. First person I line up against is Bruce Smith. <laughs> you know that I don't yeah. have to. You know his yeah. name speaks wow. well for herself. And I'm like, is this really happening? Is this me? And he blow. I mean, I didn't even the. Uh, would, would, did he shake your hand, say, "Hey, rookie, welcome to the NFL." No, or just beat you. And, no, he yeah. he don't say anything. He yeah. didn't talk. He just lined up because you had Bruce Smith on my left, and then you had Ted Washington on my right. Wow. So he's just a mountain among men. And <laughs> Jim Kelly still the quarterback? No, it was, this time, it was Alex Van Pelt, okay. Rob Johnson, and, and Doug Flutie. Oh yeah. So Alex, you know, someone hut. I didn't even move out of my stance, and Bruce was by me. So then I've got the Carl Mock on me. He was our coach at the time. So it gets better. Of course, you acclimate real sure. quick. You know, you get the jitters out. It's like playing your first game in college. You feel the same way of the first snap of practice, not right. much less a game. So go through training camp. Uh, that's the first mini camp. Then you have your June camp right before training camp. And then, you know, of course, you report July 26th. And we go to Fredonia College, and the pads come on, and it's live bullets everywhere. So you you get your feet under you, and we play three preseason games, and I got released on the third one. Did you play in the preseason games? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Played played a little bit in the first one, pretty good bit in the second one. I didn't play in the third, and I'm like, you figure, okay, yeah. I see the writing on the wall here. You know, I'm about to be a petroleum engineer yeah. is what yeah. Carl Mott called it. That's that, isn't that the old <laughs> adage when the you know worried about getting cut is when the coach stops talking to you. That's right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get any playing time. He stops talking to you. You know, we're going we're moving our focus over here. You're you know, you're you're on the short list. Yeah. So I get the phone call the next day, your life's over, you're cut. And so I go home. I didn't do anything for a couple of weeks. Do you think part of the reason why it, that you got cut at that time was just the transition from the NCAA to the pros was so big? The playing style, we just weren't ready for that yet because you went on to be a starter. So, you know, you figured it out. But what do you think caused that, that moment or just a bunch of small things? Well, I, I think that looking back now to how things – how things progressed after that you got a lot of practice reps my first year but the the years after that you got a lot of reps yeah and just the more repetition you could have 
of course, is like selling insurance. You know, I don't, I don't even have a brochure with me now. I can tell you every, every verbatim, every word on the cancer policy. I don't, I don't need it. The more you do something, the better you get at. Yeah. yeah. So, just from the lack of reps, and then definitely not getting in any games. So if you're not playing and putting any film out there, not much less is Buffalo going to keep you. But the other 31 teams can't see what you can do either. Yeah. So you're, you know, you're, you're the whole time you're under a microscope. Then we always said the big eye in the sky don't lie because right. it sees everything you do. So when you're not putting out any film, you know, you go from the first game, I may have played five snaps, the second game, maybe 12, because it depends on how the game's going in preseason, but every snap counts at that time. How important that is. I mean, you oh. think five snaps in an entire game, mm-hmm. and that's you're playing for your life. Yeah. And you're like, I go from playing 80 snaps a game to now I'm playing five snaps a game, and you're wanting to get a look at how I can do in live bullets. But – um, so get cut, go home, drive a truck. What do you think for driving months, that truck? Just like, I'm like, why did I leave college? I'm like, why do I even want to go back and play football now? I'm yeah. making 1600 bucks a week, moving, you know, driving this truck. I'm home every night. Did you think you were done? And you, I you, thought I was done. Yeah. I'm like, but during that time I would still go to the gym, but the company I was working for, it was up and down out of a truck all day. So I was getting all the cardio and I was still doing the lifting. It's probably really and good for you in an it, it, like in a not NFL rostered job. How it worked out, now looking back, how everything transpired, you're like, wow, that was one of the best things I could have done. Yeah. And so then January rolls around and I get a call. From John Butler, he was the he was still the GM at the time at Buffalo, and he said, "Hey, we want you to come back to camp." I'm like, "Yes, sir." I'm, yeah. you know, I, I I didn't think twice again. I was like, "Yes, sir, I'll be there." You know, but he's like, "This time it's going to be different. We have off season workouts, so you get there in March, and you start working out with with the guys. They yeah. had everybody come back at that point, and then your the mini camps were still the same, but you're getting to know everybody. You're doing some drills with the coaches." You're, you're learning. And, and the other thing I didn't mention earlier is the playbook. So, right. you know, college, it's maybe two inches thick. In the pros, it's six inches. You've got a big three-ring binder you need your own backpack for. So you've got that. You're having to learn a new system. You've got Bruce Smith in front of you, a perennial <laughs> pro bowler. And, and you know, what is it on? What's the snap count again? Right. What yeah. am I doing this play? Uh, and so it's the speed of the game. College wasn't bad. The playbook was smaller. Speed of the game was slower. Now the speed of the game had had gone up 10 notches. And so being there during the OT for the OTAs, organized team activities, what we called them, and then you had um, the mini camps. So going from my first year to my second year, which I was more comfortable with the guys, more comfortable with the coaching staff, everything had slowed down just a little bit. So that helped me tremendously. Plus I had been on the – Cut wagon, right? Knowing that, hey, every practice snap counts. Everything you can do, and and I always you understood that more, the more second, now, the second go around. And and at that time, Carl, Coach Mock, he was our offensive line coach. He said, he said, have you ever snapped? And I said, no, sir, I've never snapped. He said, every day I want you out doing center quarterback exchange. I'm like, okay, was I, that just to see if you could do it or to get ready or he, just the... The more you can do is what he'd always say. Okay. The more you can do. He said, when you're in your position, the more you can do. So I was out with the quarterbacks every day from from May till the end of training camp. 
I was with that. I'd go out early with the quarterbacks, get ready to do it in the games. Never played one snap at center. Was you and Buffalo. Doug Flutie out there practicing? It was me and Rob Johnson or okay. me and Alex Van Pelt. But because um, Doug left my – the year that I started, Doug left, went, and he was in San Diego. Okay. So I'm snapped. So then the new coach, the new coach. So that year was for, we'll finish that year real quick. And so we go from, from that, everything slows down a little bit, just like I say at this job. And we'll get into that in a minute. Whenever you start something new and it's fresh on your mind, you're nervous that your nerves kick in. It's like overwhelmed. You're overwhelmed. Well, when everything slows down a little bit, you can focus a little bit more. So the solution to get it to slow down is the reps, right? Is just is the reps and the studying and knowing what you're doing. I I just want to pause on that time in your life, though. When you think about, you got a lot of ups and downs here. You know, Mm -hmm. you're you're in college. You're hey, you're going to go in the third round, declare for the draft, leave college, right? Mm -hmm. Forego your senior year and um, go to the NFL. And so, hey, that sounds great. You don't get drafted. Now you're in a down. Buffalo calls you. You're like, oh, okay, well, let's, let's go to Buffalo. And then you get cut. Then then you think, you know, I'm I'm just, I'm done. I'm going to hang up the cleats. I'm not in football. I mean, how, how much was this time frame in your life of just put your head down through adversity, put in the work, and then an opportunity is going to come down the road? Handling adversity, handling rejection, I guess, like, how impactful was this period of time in influencing you later in life? It's what made me where I am today. Was going That's through, got, getting going, cut. Getting cut, going through that, knowing that, you know, at the time you you get cut. I didn't know you got cut. I, you know, you're on the team. Well, I didn't, when I'm in college, I didn't know there was a 53-man roster in the NFL. You know, you, you're one of 53. There's 1,600 in the NFL. Yeah. So I'm like... I'm getting released. Why? How? You, why are you? You know? Yeah. There's only 53 of you on this. So you team. thought you were? I thought I was. Go- I thought I was yeah. good. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm you good signed to go. a deal, right? Signed a deal. And, and you didn't then, know the NFL stood for not for long. At, they, point, right? at that point, I didn't know that's yeah. what it stood for. Yeah. And and so I got. I learned quickly what it stood for. And but no, that that these times, college. You know, from high school to college, and then college of the pros, being at home that way that year pushing groceries, it really. It was an eye-opening experience to how the real world worked because you yeah. go from high school to you got a schedule, you go to college, you got a schedule, and then you go from not having a schedule, you go from having to be a man, yeah, to making to putting food on the table, putting money in the checking account, yeah, because you were a, a finely tuned athlete to now they cut your legs out from under you and you're nothing, and so then you know, and the next year. Coaching, here we go. Another coaching change comes in. Yeah. Go from Wade Phillips to um, Greg Williams, change the general manager, Tom Donahoe. And they come in, it's February of 2001, and they say, Hey, you're going to NFL Europe. Wow. I'm like, Okay, what's that? Never, never heard of this. <laughs> and so, well, it's like it's a farm league for you know for football players, which it was in you know sitting here now. It was the best thing I ever did for my career. It was more about reps. You got playing time. I think that's a common trend in this whole thing. Is whether it's football or later on in in globe or in anything that you're doing in life, the more you do it, the better you get. And that's, that's right. You can't you can't circumvent that. You can't. And you can't, can't get quit. around it. So, yeah. you, you know, you've gone from— And if you quit, you don't get any more reps. You'll never get any better. That's right. Yeah. Um, so go over there. Um, go over there. Play 
just get through the season. Then we get there in uh, March, fly over to Amsterdam. There was no making the team at this point. You're, you know, you thought you're going through what I went through. I'm like, okay, did I make the team? Did I even went? Was right. I even good enough to make a farm team? And so started right tackle, ten games for uh, Ryan or um, Amsterdam Admirals, and we get to go see all of Germany, Scotland, Barcelona. We went all over Spain, yeah. getting to play, getting the reps. Come back home, have a week off, go to training camp. So this is I'm full time football at this point. Yeah. Are you worn out? Is your are you tired? Yeah, I'm, yeah. Because we you, we've gone from you. We got through the season in Buffalo in December, and then you have a month off, and then you go to training camp with. And you're, I mean, you're still practicing every day, even if you're not starting in the games, right? On on in the NFL because you're on the, you know, you're playing the other side. Yeah, if right? you're not a if you're not a starter in NFL, you're 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 a scout team because there's only. 53. Right. And then you've got an eight man scout team. So the second and third team, the second team guys are playing their scout team for the defense. Right. Or and then and then you're getting also your reps in. So you I'm not saying you work harder than a starter, but you you're getting more reps than a starter through the week where yeah. they get the reps on the weekends. Right. So so what's your mindset when you're tired, when your body's worn down, you're probably more exhausted than the people that got the off season down, you know, how, how are you pushing yourself through those obstacles? At this, the, the, knowing the season we had and the good and the good reps we had or the good, well, yeah, it was good reps, the live reps, as far as getting the practice, I'm coming into the 2001 season knowing this is the best opportunity that I've had. Knowing how it works now that you can get cut, then you're on practice squad one year. And then now this is, you know, you got to make the best of this. So they've put their time and effort in you. So we, uh, we come up, we come back. Even though I was wore out, you know, and beat up, put that all behind, mm-hmm. you know, cause you, you, you're your own self-contract this time and, and nobody cares. So, you know, nobody cares if you've got a sprained wrist, nobody cares if you got a sprained yeah. ankle, you know, you can't make the club in the tub was right. always the saying. So you, we had you to play go hurt. You play hurt. And so we go, we, we get to the second preseason game and Jerry Ostrowski, my good friend of this day, he's, he's, at, uh, he's at right guard and they have me at right guard because we had a perennial pro bowler at left guard. This is Ruben Brown. So we go, Jerry, we're playing Philadelphia in Buffalo. He pulls, it was a sweet play to the right. He pulls out and Brian Dawkins takes his legs out from, I think it was Brian, took his legs out from under and broke, broke his leg. Wow. So, Holtzy, let's go. And you've got to be ready for that opportunity. Yeah. So, NFL, you practice squad, knowing the system, practice squad. Then you go to NFL Europe. You come home. You're you're knowing the system well that you're in now with Buffalo and made the best of those opportunities, made the team start at 16 games. And then the, rest the, of the next year. next four seasons, you're you're starting every and, season. And then and then after that year, I get released from get released from Buffalo. Then I go to be, get picked up by Oakland. And then four years in Oakland, start two of the four years there, and and then finish up in Detroit. Yeah. So you know you you're, you're putting in all this time in work when you're tired, you're hurt, you're going through in, uh, injuries. I'm sure in the off-season, playing in Europe, playing practice squad, playing scout team, things like that. And then 
all of a sudden someone gets hurt and here's this opportunity. So you, you kind of mentioned it there, but how important is it for you? And you can maybe not even just here in the NFL context, but in life now moving forward for you to be ready for an opportunity before the opportunity presents itself. It that's and it's funny how you say that because that's one that's one thing that I was all that goes back to my college coach who was always like, you've got to be prepared and ready for when that opportunity shows itself. Don't be behind. Don't be waiting. Be ready to to take that opportunity and run with it. And and that's what when I was ready, I just I knew I could play. Mm-hmm. The NFL Europe was the best thing for me, knowing that showed me that I could still play the game because you're playing against guys in NFL Europe that are some guys over there were first rounders that hadn't got any snaps, so they're yeah, seeing you. There. They're just trying to get the reps. Too. Yeah, and but and and just knowing the playbook inside now, and, and then when I got that opportunity. I took it and ran with it. But you had to be ready before the opportunity you, came. You up. have to be ready, yeah. and going into the to to playing hurt, to to getting cut, to knowing this is what you want to do. To, I mean, I, I don't really know how else to answer that, but it's you've just it's it's in life now. Be ready. Don't don't let something pop up and you not be ready to yeah. accept it and go with it. Well, and and if you think about you know somebody listening to this right now, you know maybe a, a new agent with globe life and they're, you know, they're, they're running into some adversity in the field, right? Maybe they've got, you know, in the worksite market, they've, they've had a whole slew of business owners tell them, you know, Hey, not now don't want to work with you, you know, handling rejection, individual market, you know, maybe handling some rejection. And, you know, wouldn't you say that just by keep doing those reps, keep at it, play, you know, when it's cold outside, when it's raining, if it snows, just keep showing up because that opportunity is going to present itself, but you have to be ready when it's there. You can't you can't get the opportunity and then get ready, right? So in football, you you got your reps or you got to work harder. You got to stay after practice, and 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 everybody would see this. I'm not going to mention what who you and I talked about earlier, but you said it earlier. Just keep doing what you're doing. They're going to notice it. Yeah. And they're gonna, and then they're gonna, they're you're gonna capitalize on that. So just like with football, when practice was over, I was still snapping with the quarterbacks. I'm gonna tell that because that, that that plays into this great. I'm gonna, and then we'll get off football, whatever you wanna do. Sure. But going from capitalizing on an opportunity, so you go from snapping for two years with the quarterbacks, just no helmets on, you're just snapping the ball, then learning how to, you know, long snap or uh, you know, shotgun. I did that for two years solid. Never played a snap of center. Get to Oakland and my line coach at the time, he said, you know Whitey Jordan? I said, absolutely. I know Whitey. He was a coach. He said, he, he, he taught me how to long, he taught me how to shotgun snap. Did he ever teach you? And I was like, no, sir. I only play tackle and guard. First year at Oakland, I'm a guard. Second year at Oakland, I'm a guard and center. Start doing it in practice. Yeah. Then I become a starter. Jake goes down. The center? The center. Jake Grove, starting center, goes down. Adam True, the backup center, goes down. Coach looks at me and he said, here's your opportunity. Never played it before. Again, I'm a veteran in the NFL at this time. I I feel like I'm a two-year-old again. Scared Mm -hmm. to death. 
can't say what, what I need to say there. <laughs> but then, and then go to live bullets and practice, and then I start eight games. But you've been getting ready for this opportunity. That's exactly I, I, the opportunity presented itself, and I took advantage of it because it was what I because what a guy told me six years earlier, five years earlier. The more you can do, and always be prepared for when the opportunity presents itself, that you're ready to take it and run with it. Yeah. And so, just now getting back to like at Globe Life now, there's been accounts. I've been doing this 14 years now. I can't believe how fast time has flown. But accounts that I went by my first year in 2009, I signed them up last year. Wow. And the same for. Don't ever give up. Be ready. And you never know when you walk into that place again and they're like, oh, yeah, well, it's, the timing's right. And, and this job is about timing, too. Just sure. like everything in life, it's sure. about timing, taking advantage of those opportunities you get. But don't be discouraged if you don't have the result right now. I think too often people get discouraged because they want a quick win. They mm -hmm. want instant feedback, and they don't get it. Or it's negative feedback, or they they lose. They don't get what they want. And so they stop doing what they should be doing because of that result. And then they end up missing all the things that could have. Just imagine if you said, I don't understand. I don't, why am I taking these center snap? Why am I practicing snapping for two years? I'm not going to be a center. And if you hadn't done that, and if you just said, you know what, I'd rather just focus on what I'm doing, the opportunity that you had in Oakland that continued your career, you would have never been able to take advantage of it. You couldn't have gotten ready right. in that moment. They would have gone and found a center and free agency. Oh, or no doubt. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, like, I mean, first time ever you get that opportunity. And, and like, yeah, I'd been doing it for two years, just snapping to air, snapping to the yeah. quarterbacks. And, and then it happens to where you're live at it. So um, it's kind of those little small things that you're doing every day mm -hmm. that feel like they're not doing anything, just these little insignificant moments. And then eventually there's just one thing. That happens, and all that sums up to give you a bigger opportunity. And that's and that's and that's the small things is what we've always been taught in football. Take care of the small things because they're going to take care of the big things. Yeah. You do the small things right, the big things are going to handle themselves. And that's just like I, you've heard me say this as long as you've been here. But taking care of that claim or taking care of the bookkeeper question. Is what is the most important part of this? The selling part's easy. Yeah, the hard you you getting the case is hard. Selling it's easy. The hard part, and it's really not hard. It's just time consuming. Is making sure deductions are right. Making sure that that when that person calls you and they have a claim, that you're there to help them because that person you're helping now is talking to their coworker saying, "Hey, this may not be the cheapest stuff out there." Maybe the cheapest, price, but but it's it's legit because of who that agent is. You, yeah. and, and I always your insurance is always is only as good as your agent. That's that's another Absolutely. thing that I tell everybody that you know, you know, you can have us in the room, Aflac in the room, Colonial in the room. There's a there's some differences there, but but it, but at the end of the day, it's who you can call, who you do business with that you get on the phone, and who's going to be there to help you. Right. And that's what that's one thing that I pride myself on. And then that goes back to taking those snaps. You know, I'm doing the little things. I can sit here and show you a cancer policy and an accident policy and a life policy all day long because you need those things. Things those things are gonna happen. But it's easier to get the person that sold it on the phone than it is an eight hundred number. Mm -hmm. And 
So that's the the football helped me so much at this job because this I relate this job so much to it because you can walk into fifty businesses and get fifty no's, mm-hmm. and then you walk into one and it's like, yeah, man, why you don't have to go so in depth on that with me. We need this stuff. If my people get cancer. Well, then, you know, you go from giving a full presentation to where the owner's cutting you off saying, you don't have to sell that to me. Come on, when you want to come in? And you're like, my God, why can't it be this easy on all of them? Right. But over the years, I've you take by a cup of coffee because you know that person likes Starbucks, or you take them a, a $25 Chick-fil-A gift card. Hey, I know it's not the time. You're going to call me. I just want to – I want I want to stay – in your mind, I want you to know that I'm still here at Liberty National. I want your business. Hope you're doing well. If I, you know, if you call me, great. If not, I'm gonna stop back by when yeah. I'm in the area. Yeah, that's that's the um, putting in the work when no one's looking, mm-hmm. right? That gets to the big thing. So, I, I guess you know we kind of just quick talk about the transition from the NFL to Globe Life Liberty National Division. It was probably usually at the end of everyone's NFL career. There's you walk into a room and there's tables. It's like a career fair, and so you just walked up to the Liberty National Division table, and that's how we brought you over to selling insurance right out of the uh, Detroit Lions. Right? Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty much how that went. Yeah, y'all had a convention in Atlanta, and, and I and you just I was said, like, "Hey, I'm I'm ready." My so. agent, my my agent, always told me when you're done with football, you're going to go into insurance. Yeah. It's the smartest thing to do. So Absolutely. I right. saw y'all. I, I need that agent's number. That's it. That's great. That's a great sales pitch. <laughs> So I, I mean, it, what are you? You're probably like, hey, I'm going to take some time off. I don't, you know, I probably don't need to work. You know, I'm going to get back to work eventually. I mean, how, why insurance? How did you even get into this business? You know, but and it's it's funny because I couldn't, I didn't like insurance salesmen because I'd never had one that was not pushy. I always related them to car salesmen. You know, they yeah. they didn't, they never left you alone. You need this. Just I'm like, well, I'm not going to buy because you're because of the way you're trying to sell me. It's kind of the opposite of everything you just said. Exactly. Yeah. And so my neighbor at the time was like a, a leech. You know how a leech will just lock onto you and suck the blood out of you? I'm, mm-hmm. And so we're right next door, and you know him very well, Craig Wilson. I'll, I'll go and give him a <laughs> shout out. So it was me, Craig, and Tim in our subdivision. Oh, wow. And so at the time, I didn't— You're sandwiched in Liberty National. I'm sandwiched. Yeah. I had them. You know, there, was, there was no way I was not getting out of this without selling insurance or at least trying it. And so— I come home from Oakland, and my wife said, "Hey, I met the neighbor," and it, and um, I said, "Okay, what's their name?" And it was Tim Adderholt. She said, "He he just got home from Oakland. Did you see him?" I said, "Yeah, I, I saw him. I saw him in Oakland. Yeah, it's a not, small no, town. Yeah. Small town. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so that hit it, and then so I met him. He starts telling me what he does, and then and then at the time the lot was vacant between us. Okay." And I'm trying, I'm talking to the realtor trying to buy it because I don't want a neighbor. I had the lot on the left side of me. I wanted the lot on the right side. Well, come to find out the the realtor was Craig's brother-in-law. Okay. So there was no way I was getting that lot. And so anyway, long story short, got to meet Craig over the years. And I get done in 08, October of 08, I get released from Detroit. And so you're coming home. In the off season and living here, then and getting to know these guys, and then you're going. I never met them. You never met them. But well, you met, are living here. I though, met right? t- living there. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I met Tim. But see, Craig hadn't even built there at the time. Gotcha. So my last year in Oakland is you live he, in Oakland then, during the season and then yeah. you come home. Then okay. he, then he started building his house. Okay. So then I get released. I'm cutting grass. 
And he kind of, he said, hey, I want to talk to you. So he comes over and we have a drink. And he said, I want to talk to you about selling insurance, working for Liberty National. I said, you lost your mind. I said, I can't stand insurance salesman. I'm not going to sell insurance. I said, I, and I, I said, in fact, I'm not doing anything for six months. I'm going to hunt, relax, get my life back together. And, and I don't know what I want to do. So he stayed on me. I called it uh, pleasantly persistent, and he he stayed on me, stayed on me. So in February, right away, successful, yeah. And then, and then February of '09, I signed the paperwork and and hit the ground running. And, and was it just walking into a business? Hey, you look like you played in the NFL. Here's my roster list, and let's go. And it, or did you, you know, kind of? It's just back to your. You know, unloading groceries in a truck days at this point, right? I mean, you're back in the grind, and you got to put in the reps in the dark when no one's looking. What was that like? Uh, everybody knew who I was in Gainesville, so it was I could, anywhere I'd walk in, I just got the roster, and yeah. they said, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sensing some sarcasm. Uh, yeah, there's there. a little bit yeah. of sarcasm. Yeah. Uh, the fir- actually the first place I walk in, so I go with Craig the first couple weeks to work sites, and I'm like, this is what I can do. This. Yeah. So the first place I walk into actually was my dentist office, okay. and they're like. Oh yeah, yeah. You can absolutely. You can come in and talk to the folks. I'd known them. They cleaned my teeth my yeah. whole life. Didn't sell a policy. They're just helping you out. They're being nice. Yeah, being nice. So come in here and get you. Some, I took it as they're giving me reps, letting me explain what I do. Taking snaps by yourself, right? And I said, "All right, Craig, what are we doing this week?" I don't. I'm. I'm. You know, I struck out there. He's with me. And the second place I walk into is a cell tower company, and they did it. I had 20 guys, wound up writing like 15 of the guys and, wow. and was one of my accounts for 14 years and they got bought, they got bought out by a PEO company. And so they did their own thing, but all those guys still have their business with me on bank draft. It's, wow. it's one of the only stories I can say like that of the accounts that I've gotten and lost. But so you go from, yeah, the walk into the dentist office. Absolutely. You can do it. We want to help you get started to, to, not writing a thing, then to get in your second account and 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 then it going great. Well, so I got like six accounts in a row. I was like, man, this is going. I'm just going to keep the, closing. Yeah, I'm like, I'm this is this is NFL money here. You know, I'm doing great, yeah. and I'm yeah. like, never knew this. You know, could be this good. And then I hit. Then here comes the brick wall. Here comes the your cut. Yeah, couldn't get nothing. I'm walking. I'm I'm calling people. I'm having this owner of this cell tower company call for me saying you need to do this to nothing. This just goes to crickets. And so this goes on for, I start in February or March and, and it seems like it's for a month goes by. I'm digging into my savings account. Did you think about quitting at this point? Uh, I'm like, okay, I'm going to give this two more months. Yeah. Cause I can go broke sitting at home instead of, you know, trying to go around doing this. Uh, so then I had a, then then that's when I got one of my biggest accounts to this day. I still have it to this day. And and the owner, it took me a month. It took a month to 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 persuade him or or get him. In. His operations manager was the one that finally finally said, "Hey, we need to do this." And then he he got brought in on the third meeting. But during this time. You were get, I was getting so many no's, and it was like. But you kept coming back. You keep going back because you can't quit. You know that. Then I revert back to football, and you're like, 
okay, you didn't quit, and look how what a great career that that wound up being. You kept chopping wood. You kept doing what you're. You kept working. This is going to work. And then I would hear. Then I would talk to Sedge, and I'd talk to Bill, and I'd talk to Yoli, and I'd talk to all the veterans at the office, and they're like. Look, you've got all the tools that if, if any of us that have made it a career out of, you know, you got Bill and Sage who've been there 40 years now at this point, and they're saying, look, dude, you've got a football background. You're from this town. You just got to keep going and, and, and just keep working. Yeah. And, and then Mike, it's like it, it, it started clicking and, and then, you know, you get certain amount of businesses. Then you get, then I get another big account. I was fortunate enough to get another, uh, processing plant. And then it ballooned into a couple of plants. And then at that point, you go from you go from knocking your head on the wall for three months in a row to now you've got business owners talking for you, saying you uh, not only because it's a good product, but at this point they're seeing everybody knew I was a good guy. Right. Everybody knew I was a hard worker because of what I'd gone through, but nobody knew how good I was going to be at taking care of you when you had a cancer claim or an accident claim or had a heart attack or stroke. And when they're investing money in you at that point on something you're selling, now they're giving you referrals. And right. and life is still to this day. I may walk in, I may walk in five businesses this week, and you get five no's. So to, still to this day, you beat your head on the wall, but but you just got to keep going and keep working. I was going to say, I, I, how important is that work ethic that you learned pretty much through your whole life, whether you're playing professional sports and and it's not it's not the work ethic when things are going good right it's it's easy to win right it's easy to get up when be excited when things are going your way how important to you is the work ethic in the challenging times when you're cut when it's the off season and you think i'm just gonna be driving this truck or when you've walked into 150 businesses and all of them have told you no and you're just really questioning why am i doing it how important is going to work in those moments to success later on. Those are your defining moments on on the the type of, of on the type of the person how, how far you're going to go in life because if you you've got to do the grind and hear those no's so when you do get those yeses. Um that's great. Just you know you go from you go from 120 degree heat with pads on to knowing you're better than that next player but he's getting all the reps. But you get the short end of the stick, and then you get cut. Why did I go back that next year? Well, number one, I knew the money was going to be good. Right. Number two, I knew I was halfway decent at this. To getting that extra opportunity, getting that next opportunity, yeah. Hey, let's revisit this in a month. So it's like, and it's, I related a lot of times to my golf game, which is garbage um I'm, you know every time i go everybody was like you were an nfl athlete i was like yeah football not golf yeah. okay totally different but you hit that birdie once in 36 holes uh-huh. okay i can That's do that i want to do it again you're chasing it yeah so going from doing the reps doing what you're supposed to getting cut knowing the goal right of you making that 53-man roster because you know you can do it I take that and I bring it over to, I'm going to get that account. Whatever I got to do, if I have to go back by every month for a year or two years, I want to stay fresh on her or his mind that they need this. Yeah. And so just having the 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 no quit 
is, is even when you want to. even when even when you want even when it's easy. Oh, I can go sit at a cubicle and work eight to five, and that's what I look at now. Is like if it, you, you could know, have settled, you I, could have settled after your, you know, first after six months into yeah, this, yeah. I could have said, okay, I'm going to go be a a because uh, uh, I had I had I've got plenty of friends that that own truck brokers companies. I could have go sat in a cubicle and I could we called it dollar for dollars, which you is the same. You could have sat this. here and said, hey, you know, I. I, I left Clemson early and I got cut after a training camp with the Bills. But you know what? I played, you know, in three preseason games. And so, you know, and the story would make sense. They cut you and then here you are. Yeah. But you didn't quit. And then now you have this career. And then same thing. You come to Liberty National and you didn't quit. And now here you are. You know, you're writing a million dollars in production. You're going to write. What two million dollars this year? It I seems go like that far. You know, we're, hopefully, but you know, I mean, we'll right, see. You know, we'll, yeah. yeah, we'll we'll have the we'll have the retrospect episode here <laughs> next year to see yeah. you know like if, if it happened. But you know, it's just like what you said. It's that don't quit. That's how you get to that next level. Yep. Don't give up. Don't don't. I mean, you you you, know, you have to accept no at some point, but just you got to keep going back because you've got to pursue. You've got to these business. All they're worried about is 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 packing boxes and shipping stuff out and making their quota yeah and you know getting their stuff done they're not really you've got to find that way to 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 bring it to them you got to get their attention to say hey this is why you need this and if you if 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 you can't take no for an answer this is you know this is not the job for you yeah um you got to be able to hear that and take it and let that fuel your tank yeah and that's, I mean, that's the best way I can say it. That's great. Well, Corey, it's it's an amazing story. Um, I appreciate you taking time out today and sharing it with everybody. And uh, hopefully, the listeners really were able to pull some pull some things out. I'm sure they could. There was some some good things in here. So, um, the, the last thing that we have on the um, on the Level Up Lifestyle podcast is we kind of have a tradition of uh, of a bobblehead. <laughs> so, you know, we give we give every guest a, a bobblehead of themselves, kind of as a thank you. Um, unfortunately, here today, our bobbleheads are stuck somewhere in the supply chain from the manufacturer to to hear the price sitting in a cargo ship off the coast of California, waiting for somebody to, to unload it right now. So, um, I know those that are that are watching this, I think we can bring up on the screen what your bobblehead actually looks like because we'll have received it by the time this airs. Um, and then we'll, of course, send you your bobblehead. So the, the, the viewers are seeing it before you, right? So, nice. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if the, the Raiders ever had the uh, Corey Holsey bobblehead night at the uh, Coliseum or, uh, or not. But uh, <laughs> you got your own, <laughs> you got your own, uh, own bobblehead here. So if, if you could go back in time and kind of talk to yourself right when you were getting into everything, um, at whatever stage in your life that, that you feel would be applicable, what's the one piece of advice you would give yourself? Keep working. Just don't, don't, don't quit. Just, I mean, nothing. I, I really wouldn't, I would just tell myself to keep, keep working, keep going to get, get your goal that you know you want and keep, keep after it. Is one thing I is one thing I'd say because I wouldn't. There's no all the experiences that I've been put through. There's nothing that I would change, even though it was very trying times. But uh, you know, if I had if if myself came and sat on my shoulder and just said, "I'm going to tell them to keep working," it'll all work out. It'll all work out. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, 
Thanks, Corey. Appreciate you being here. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate you having me. Thanks for joining us today. We hope this episode has inspired you on your path to success. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next story. See you soon on the Level Up Lifestyle Podcast.